You're listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Mark Kirkendall. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday service now. And so this morning, we are going back to the book of Romans. And believe it or not, it is the final chapter of Romans that we are finally here. It's hard to believe that we started back in August in our walk through Romans. And we had no idea where we would be on April the 5th and what would be going on around the world, but God did. And what we're going to see today is today's passage is so relevant to what is going on around the world and even in our own personal lives. You know, so for me, week one, it wasn't so bad. It was spring break. And we'd had some plans. We were going to be at home, had some activities. And first week wasn't that bad. The second week, things began to change. So we looked at it, first of all, it's almost like uh, an extended spring break, uh, a coronation. Uh, But things all of a sudden started changing. But we worked in the yard. uh, We went for walks. We started playing different board games. And so week two wasn't that bad. But then week three is when things really started getting real. Social distancing ramped up. It was more difficult to find groceries at times. A school moved online, and then many of the spring sports that our kids are looking forward to were either canceled or postponed indefinitely. But then week four is when things really started getting difficult for us. Social distancing it became what was mandated with the stay-at-home order, Businesses, uh, they begin closing. We begin noticing money getting tighter and medical demands were increasing. And it seemed like everyone you begin talking to knew a personal experience about how they had been impacted by what has been going on. And what I noticed for me is things moved from just kind of being an inconvenience to something that was really life-altering and many times hardships. In fact, for us personally, it was watching our daughter, who's a senior this year, and noticing things like prom and graduation and not knowing if and when or how those things are going to take place, things that she was looking forward to. Watching people having to postpone weddings and birthday celebrations. Uh, Family not being able to visit their loved ones in an assisted living or a nursing home. uh, Hearing of more and more people being laid off from their jobs and Vacations and trips either having to be canceled or even postponed indefinitely. So do you know why I believe each week is getting harder and harder? I think it's because each and every week, the things that we find joy in, the things that we find satisfaction in, those are being threatened. And so each week there's something else, something that we find joy and satisfaction in, and it is being threatened. And our greatest enemy knows this, and he wants to use it against us. Because if Satan knows if we are satisfied in anything other than God, he can steal that from us. So with that in mind, let's go to Romans chapter 16, the final chapter of Paul's letter, where the letter is delivered. And this is how it begins. It says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church of Cancrea, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints 
and help her in whatever she might need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. And so Paul finishes the letter and Phoebe is the one that gets the honor of delivering this letter. I wondered this woman that was a servant of the church in Cancrea, I wonder if she understood the importance of what she was holding in her hands. As she was going to be making that journey all the way back to Rome, did she understand that she was holding in her hand the most important letter ever known to the world? But remember this about Paul. It's about 25 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and Paul is in Corinth, but he desperately wants to go to Rome, but he can't. So Paul is experiencing this social distancing. In fact, in similar ways, that's where we find ourselves. And for me, one of the things that I have been praying during this time of this pandemic going on is that God would create in us a longing to be back together. My prayer is that God, through this time of separation, that this would be happening in all of us. For the time when we can finally come back together, man, we would greet more lovingly and more personally. And we would sing louder and with more passion. We would be more excited to open our Bibles. When we finally get to come together and take the Lord's Supper, it would mean something deeper. Getting together with our life groups and Bible studies, that those would seem more essential to us, that we would not just return back to the status quo when we finally get to come back all together. So I've been praying that God would create this longing in all of us for that time. So what does Paul do during this longing, this kind of social distancing? You know what he does? He thinks back. Paul begins thinking back over the last 25 years, and he thinks of people that he has met and has crossed paths with. People that have helped him, people that have supported him, people that have encouraged him and worked right alongside with him. In fact, Paul will list 26 people who are now in Rome that he is socially distant from, but they're not forgotten. So Paul thinks of others. And look at who is the first. It says, Greet Presca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. So first is Presca, Priscilla, and Aquila, this couple that were Jews. And Paul met them when they were in Corinth. They had been kicked out of Rome when Claudius came into power. And Paul met them and realized that they were all tent makers. Well, when Claudius dies, they return back to Rome. But what is interesting about this couple, it seems that everywhere they lived, no matter where it was, they opened up their home to be a church. And Paul remembers them, and he can't wait to see them again. Then he says, Greet Eponitus, who was the very first convert to Christ in Asia. In verse 6, he greets Mary, it says, who has worked hard for you. And that's all that we know about her is she was someone that worked hard for others. And then he says in verse 7, greet Andronias and Yonai, my kinsmen and fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles and they were in Christ before me. 
So he thinks back to his time where he met these two people. They possibly spent time in prison together, that they were believers before Paul. Perhaps maybe they had a part in in his upbringing of becoming a devoted follower of Christ. And then Paul is going to list person after person. You know what? When you read through that list, this is what you'll notice. We don't know anything about them. But they were special to Paul. And when you begin reading through this list, you notice that some are Jews and some are Gentiles. Some were servants and slaves. Others were independent business people. Some come from high places of honor, but others were very low on the society scale. And what we notice is that the important thing to Paul is not their social status, it's, it's not their economic background, and it's not even their family heritage. What is important is the love that he has for them and they have for Paul. And when he begins hearing of the unity that is happening in Rome amongst all the different people, then that is an encouragement to him, even though he can't be there. So he thinks back and he remembers the experiences. He remembers the people. He remembers what they went through and how they'd worked together for the gospel. And these were the things that were going to carry Paul through during this time of social distancing. So here's the challenge. Here's an encouragement from this. Take some time this week. Think back over the people that mean something to you. Maybe people that have encouraged you and challenged you and strengthened you. People that God has brought into your life and used in a powerful way. Think about them. Pray for them. And then take a moment to write a note or send an email or send a text to seize the moment like Paul is doing. But Paul isn't finished. He's going to give one last word of caution, Paul's final warning in verse 17. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. So again, he, he warns against disunity and divisions and also false teachings. And we need to hear these warnings even today during these very trying times where it seems that we're often on edge and emotions are high. All of these are the perfect storm for divisions. And he says, watch out for false teachers and have nothing to do with them. I think during this time where we find ourselves, one of the greatest battles that we are fighting against false teaching is the battle in our own mind. As our lives have changed in very drastic and often hardship ways, we must be careful of the battle that often we are secretly fighting in our own mind. Yes, we're going to have some good days. I know we are also having some very difficult days. So I want you to hear me. If you are struggling, please reach out to someone. But then notice what Paul does. He's going to point everyone to some hope. The hope of all hopes, beginning in verse 20. He says, the, great, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So Paul says, no matter the difficulty, no matter the amount of persecution, no matter how bad things might get, there is coming a day of relief. That there is coming a day when Satan and sin and death will no longer be a part of our lives. 
and they will fade from our lives and memories will be replaced completely by the grace of Jesus Christ. That day is coming and that is what we are hoping in. So then, Paul's going to mention eight people that are with him in Corinth. He's going to mention men like Timothy and Jason and Gaius. Well, then Paul puts down the final words of the letter of to the Romans. And these final words are reserved for one person and one person only. These words are reserved for God. Look at the last three verses. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all the nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. The only one wise God be glory forever more through Jesus Christ. Amen. So he closes with a doxology of praise and he says to him, Meaning God is the only one worthy of these words and worthy of these praise. No one else. And he says, who is able? That only God is able to provide what He ultimately needs and even us. And then he prays we would be able to strengthen. I believe he's writing knowing that there are going to be times that He is going to be going through that the things that he needs can only come from God himself. In fact, there are going to be times in our own lives when we need something and they can only come from God. And he says that strength is found in the truth of who God is and what he has done in the gospel. So this morning, this is what we see from Romans chapter 16 that Paul has found his ultimate satisfaction in who God is and what he has done. That hard and difficult times are going to happen. Things Paul has hoped for may not come to pass. Things he is planning, they may or may not happen. But no matter what happens, Paul's ultimate satisfaction is found in God. And so the same is true for us today. We don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. We don't know how long this pandemic is going to last. We're not for sure the plans that we have, if they're going to happen or not. There are so many things up in the air. But none of those changes who God is. So church, know this. If Satan can get you or me to be satisfied in anything other than God, he knows He can steal it from us. But when our ultimate satisfaction is found in Him, in God, then nothing can take that away. So I pray this week you will fight for that reality. That no matter what, we would find our satisfaction in God and knowing who He is and what He has done, and He is in absolute control. And when our satisfaction is ultimately in Him, nothing can take that away. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. And if you have any questions or comments, we want you to let us know. 
simply send your thoughts to questions at Bethelbible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.